Thanks, guys. It's great to be here tonight where it all began for AEW, right here at the MGM Grand, right here in Las Vegas. And it's very fitting that we're here tonight where it all began to make an announcement about the start of a new beginning for AEW. AEW Collision, starting June 17th on TNT. Last week we announced some of the cities for our opening tour with events coming up in Toronto, Hamilton, Regina, Calgary, and Newark. But what we haven't announced yet is the location for the very first AEW Collision. The first episode of AEW Collision will take place Saturday, June 17th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central on TNT from the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. I'm looking forward to a great show, and I'm sure you are too. It's going to be a big night of wrestling, and we have a lot to look forward to this weekend at AEW Double or Nothing. I'll see you this weekend. Back to you guys. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to this very special edition of the Main Event Talk Podcast. It is Memorial Day Wrestling Weekend, and it begins today. I am the Main Event Player, the Super Secret himself, from Tours, coming back at you, the God Among Gods, the King Among Kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth. We do have a tremendous show for you. It is a two-part episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast on Memorial Day Wrestling Weekend. A lot is going to go down. A lot has taken place just a few moments ago. Now, the Main Event must extend his apologies at this time because this episode was scheduled to have, a, to have happened on Friday, but uh, I had uh, some prior commitments. I had some stuff that I had to work on. Uh, there were some recordings that I did get done but there were some that I have not been able to finish off yet. And and plus some that I have not been able to uh, put together just yet because of certain uh, certain things, including the fact that, uh, you know, we know Double or Nothing is going to be happening uh, tomorrow night, which we will be covering. We'll be uh, checking it out and everything else like that. So we're going to discuss that on the next episode of the Mavet Talk podcast, which will be right after this episode. Because on this episode, we're going to talk about Impact Wrestling's Under Siege. We're going to talk about Night of Champions. Uh, we're also going to talk about some of the press conference that took place earlier today or earlier yesterday, to be exact, you know, just to get it roll, 
riled in. And then, of course, you heard the announcement from Tony Khan. Tony Khan made the announcement. Collision, the first location is going to take place over at the United Center in Chicago. So does this mean CM Punk will show up? It is still up and running at this point. We don't know the whole story. But you'll not only hear some of my comments about the whole thing with uh, TNT Collision coming over on Saturday, June the 17th, which we will be talking about that and everything else like that. You'll hear thoughts from the Wrestling Observer, and you'll also hear thoughts from Jim Cornette and the great Brian Laz because they have their take on what they think will happen and everything else like that. Plus, I have a little bit of a... Uh, I have a little bit of a uh, something called the Road to Collision. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to be doing the first part. Uh, you know, I'm, I recorded some of this earlier and I'm going to put it together. You'll hear it right, uh, right about the time when we're done with Under Siege. That way you'll get an idea about exactly where my thoughts at. Part one is going to take place on this episode which is going to be called The uh, Road to Collision. And then part two of Road to Collision will give you the conclusion and where my thoughts are at as far as Collision goes. Will CM Punk be there? Uh, who will this show be better than Dynamite? It's a lot of stuff that the main event's going to be covering, but you'll know part one of that episode as it takes place today. And then you'll hear part two on the next episode as it happens right after this one. So there's a lot of stuff that we got to cover and everything else like that. So I just want to say happy Memorial Day weekend to all of you. I'm sure you guys are going to have yourselves a three-day weekend. School is almost out. I uh, just want to congratulate everyone that have uh, graduated from their class, whether it's from, uh, from college or high school or anything else like that. There's going to be a lot of stuff happening uh, this weekend, and it's going to be happening. A lot of wrestling is going to be happening this weekend. We're going to talk about Under Siege. We're going to talk about Night of Champions later on today. But then next week, or I'm sorry, next week, uh, tomorrow, or later on on this episode of the Maybe Talk podcast, we will talk about NXT's Battleground, and we'll also talk about Double or Nothing, what matches have been added, and what to expect from Double or Nothing and everything else like that. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Have yourself a cold one. Let's jam out to some music, and then we'll talk a little bit about more wrestling on this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. The attack never slackens.
If you guys have any questions in regards to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at themainevent1977 at gmail.com. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. And whatever question you have, the main event will be glad to put it right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. And it could be any question that you want to ask. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. One more time. The main event, 1977 at gmail.com, and you'll hear it right here on the main event talk podcast. Okay, let's begin with the first of four events that are going to be happening on Memorial Day weekend, and we're going to start with the first two on part one right here, and then part two, we'll talk about the other two events that are going to happen. So, the first event we're going to talk about is what's going to happen on Friday. May the 26th, I believe, it's called Impact Wrestling's Under Siege. Now, this event will happen at the same time as, uh, at the same time as SmackDown. Now, even though SmackDown, I believe, is going to be a taped show because, I mean, we all know that, um, we all know that the show is going to be taped because they're going to be on their way over to Saudi Arabia as recording is taking place, so... We'll probably see some of SmackDown, but we're probably also going to see, you know, Under Siege that Friday. So it'll give me a good opportunity to check it out. So let's look into some of the matches that are happening as as this recording is taking place. There is a total of nine matches, and no doubt there'll probably be a couple more matches to be added on here. Okay, so so far we have Joe Hendry taking on Dirty Dango. For the Impact Digital Media Championship, Steve Macklin to take on PCO. No disqualification match for the Impact Wrestling World Championship. Deanna Peraza to take on Jordan Grace. Last chance match for the Knockouts World Championship. If Grace loses, she can no longer challenge for the title as long as Peraza is the champion. Trey Miguel to take on Chris Sabin for the X Division Championship. Six-way match to determine the number one contender for the Impact Wrestling World Championship. Alex Shelley, Eddie Edwards, Frankie Gazarian, Jonathan Gresham, Moose, and once again, I apologize for what I'm about to say. You, ya, er, mer, That's it. Okay. Six-man tag team matchup. It's going to be Rich Swan, Sammy Callahan, and a partner yet to be announced to take on the design of Diener, Angels, and Khan. Singles match. Trinity to go one-on-one against Glizel Shaw. Nick Aldis to take on Kenny King. And Ace Austin and Chris Bay to take on the subculture for the world Tag Team Championships. Okay, so how do I predict this? Um, let's let's look at it from this perspective. Um, it might not take me long, but we'll see how this rolls. Uh, for the t- for the World Tag Team Championship, I really don't see the subculture winning it anytime soon. So I'm gonna go with the ABC of Ace Austin and Chris Bay to hold on to the World Tag Team Titles. Singles matchup, Nick Aldis versus Kenny King. This one's a bit of an easy one unless something goes wrong. 
But I'm going to go with the National Treasure, Nick Aldis, because he just came back to Impact Wrestling just a month ago. He is returning, to obviously, to go after the world title. And the word is, and um, nothing's been confirmed as of yet, but there's been some strange things that have been happening in Nick Aldis's uh, Facebook and Instagram, implying that he wants to be all elite, as in AEW. So I'm I'm kind of hoping I'm kind of hoping that that is not true, and I'm kind of hoping that Nick Aldis doesn't go to AEW because I I really honestly his place should be in the WWE. Honestly, his place should really be in the WWE. His place should be really more on NWA, but, you know, whatever fuck-ups they're doing, this is how it goes. So I'm going to go with Nick Aldis to beat Kenny King. Uh, singles matchup, Glizel Shaw to take on Trinity. Trinity, the artist formerly known as Naomi. That's going to happen. So I think in that matchup, uh, obviously we're going to see Trinity win. She's had some successful wins so far. And Impact Wrestling, and this will be um, nothing short, nothing new to think about. So, Trinity to beat Glizel Shaw. Six-man tag team matchup. This one's going to be interesting here because you got the design taking on, as as of right now, uh, Rich Swan and Sammy Callahan. And we don't know who the third individual is. But hopefully, as this recording is taking place, we will find out who it is. And I will give you that probably on the next part of the Main Event Talk podcast. So we'll give you that. And plus, and also to kind of give you guys an idea, on part two of the Main Event Talk podcast, I will give you the results of the Under Siege pay-per-view in every way possible. Oh, we'll probably save that until next week, but we'll see how it goes. But anyways, um, let's see the next matchup right here. A uh, six-way match to determine number one contender. Alex Shelley, Eddie Edwards, Frankie Kazarian, Jonathan Gresham, Moose, and whoever this person is that I cannot pronounce his name for fucking shit. So let's look at this from the perspective here. Alex Shelley has never had an opportunity at the world title. Eddie Edwards has been a former world champion. Frankie Kazarian has had his opportunity at the world title. Jonathan Gresham, a former Ring of Honor, pure champion. Oh, world champion, I'm sorry. Uh, Moose, a former world champion, and I don't know who this guy is, and I really don't care, but no doubt he'll never have his opportunity either. So, in this one, boy, I hate to say this, but I think if something changes, I'm going to have to actually go with, let's see, the champion is Steve Macklin. So... I would leave Eddie Edwards out. Frankie Kazarian may have a chance. Jonathan Gresham, his time's not now. Moose, I don't know. And this other guy, I really don't know. So the only person that I really see that should go for that opportunity, unless something changes, should be Alex Shelley. Now, even though he's a former world tag team champion and he's never been, never had the opportunity to go after a world title, I think this would be the best bet for him. So... I think we really need to see someone different go after the Impact Wrestling World Championship. So I think Alex Shelley Alex Shelley would be perfect. Uh, Eddie Edwards has been former world champion. Frankie Kazarian, I believe, has went after the Impact Wrestling World Championship but has never been able to claim the title. Jonathan Gresham, of course, a former Ring of Honor world champion and a former peer champion. 
it would be nice, but I don't think the time is right. Moose has had his opportunity. It might not be there. The other guy, well, we'll see what happens and everything else like that. Singles matchup for the X Division Championship. Chris Sabin, a former X Division champion to take on the current champion, Trey Miguel. Is it just me or does Trey Miguel remind me a lot like Ricochet? The same style, same look and everything. I mean, you know, they're practically the same if you think about it, you know. So let's see in this matchup, I'm going to actually I hate to say this. I'd like to see Chris Saban become the champion once again. But I think we need to see Trey McGill hold on to the title just a little while longer. I know that he's been doing a lot of bad stuff lately, but I think uh, it would be great for that to happen in every way possible. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo to take on Jordan Grace. Last chance. If Deanna Perrazzo loses, we have a new world champ. We have a new knockouts champion. But if Jordan Grace does not beat Deanna Perrazzo, she will never have an opportunity at the championship until uh you know as long as she is a champion that's how it rolls now <sighs> these two have faced off against each other before i'm gonna say what three four times that they face off against each other and the last time i believe it was at rebellion jordan grace did lose to diana perrazzo So I'm probably going to go. Hmm. This one's a bit of a tough decision, but I think we should go with Deanna Perrazzo. We should. Not, all due respect All due respect to Jordan Grace. Um, I'm glad that she was a former knockout champion, but I think this is the time where I think we need to see her. I don't know if she's going to remain in Impact Wrestling. I don't know when her contract expires. But I'm kind of hoping to see Jordan Grace in a different position right now. Or maybe in a different company. You know? Just my opinion. Just my thought. So, I'm going to look for Deanna Perrazzo to walk away with the championship. And it's going to be a long, long time until Jordan Grace gets an opportunity at the championship. Uh, the countdown show, I must mention this. Joe, Joe Hendry go one-on-one against Dirty Dango. This is going to be interesting here. Impact Digital Media Championship. This is basically a secondary title. Sort of a more more of a third thirdary title when you think about it. So I have not kept up with what's been going on as far as Dirty Dango goes in every way possible. But we know he's been playing this whole detective game as to who attacked Santina Morella. And I think, you know, once it was Revealed that it was Dirty Dangle that took out Santina Morella. Well, then all bets are off, unfortunately. So now Joe Henry must defend his championship in the countdown show, although it should be part of the pay per view. I don't see why not. Against Dirty Dangle. So this one. I know if this was Hector, he would definitely want to go for Joe Henry. But I'm an, I think I'll go Dirty Dango because. Number one, I think we need to see a little change in the championship. I think we need to see a little change in, in, in seeing him become champion because Dirty Dango has been... He was a former NXT tag team champion. And I think that was the only title he's ever really held. 
right? When you think about it. So now, Joe Hendry winning would be great. But I think Dirty Dango should be the one to win it in every way possible. So we'll stick with him. And the main event of the evening for Impact Wrestling's Under Siege. It's Steve Macklin going one-on-one against PCO. No disqualification for the Impact World Championship. This will be a bit... Obviously, it's going to be the easier one to look at. So, I think it's going to be Steve Macklin beating PCO. The matchup will probably last about a good 15 minutes. 15, if not 10 minutes, depending on how it rolls. Uh, This will be... uh, I've not... Once again... I've seen some of what's been going on in Impact Wrestling, but I don't know exactly what the whole deal is. So, Steve Macklin just became the champion about a month ago, okay, when he defeated uh, Kushida, right? So now he has an opportunity to defend his championship against PCO. PCO, a former Ring of Honor world champion. I'm not sure how many titles he's held. I know he's a former WWF tag team champion. I know that from, you know, my, my time knowing him as Pierre the Quebecers, you know? So if you know that quite well. So, yeah, I think uh, PCO is going to give him a run for his money, but I'm definitely going to see... I'm definitely going to see Steve Macklin walk away with the championship. Now, so far, as this recording is taking place, there are only nine matches being added to this event. Now, and as this recording is taking place, it's happening on the 23rd. Okay, so the this episode is being released on the 26th. Yes, it's being released on the 26th. So we will find out exactly what's going to happen. We, we, we may have a new match. We may not have a new match. I don't know. But so far, those are the nine matches that are going to happen at Impact Wrestling's Under Siege, which will happen tonight. Okay, it will happen tonight. And I will, get, I will probably give you the results next week. And if I hear anything about any certain changes that happen at the Under Siege pay-per-view, you guys will know on this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. So check out Under Siege as it happens. It will happen on the same night as SmackDown on Friday, May 26th. You can see it on Impact Plus. You can also see it on Fight TV. And I believe you can also catch it on pay-per-view. It's Impact Wrestling's Under Siege It is the first of four events that will happen on Memorial Day weekend. So you heard the the very beginning of the show where uh, Tony Khan made the announcement that that on June 17th will be the Saturday night show of TNT Collision. And the location of it is going to take place over in Chicago, Illinois. The United Center. So, before I give you my thoughts of it, before I tell you about you know what I think and what will happen, I have to think. I have to think back to what happened in 2021. I have to go back to uh, think back to Rampage. Think back to what happened when CM Punk made his appearance in the United Center. It was truly one of the most shocking moments in the history, one of the most surprising moments in the history of professional wrestling in the history of AEW. Because on the weekend of SummerSlam, 
I never thought, I didn't think in a million years that CM Punk would waste his time to show up in this show. But he did it. He showed up. He entered in the, at the um, United Center in Chicago. And the crowd just went completely ballistic. Completely ballistic when they saw him. I couldn't believe it when I, because I was over at Rich's just, you know, drinking a couple of beers or whatever. And then all of a sudden my, my media, my, my Twitter, my Facebook, my text messages were going off the wall saying CM Punk's back, CM Punk's back, CM Punk's back. And it was just mind blowing. I couldn't, I didn't think it would ever happen. I didn't, none of us thought it would ever happen, but it took place. It happened and it was one of those moments that you could not get away from. You, could ju- you couldn't get away from it if you could. So CM Punk showing up at the United Center was the start. Punk would show up and he would have his match with Darby Allin at All In or All Out. And then came MJF, which they had some classic promos going at at each other and then came dynamite where mjf beat cm punk and then revolution had one of the most outstanding matches in that card where you had mjf and cm punk in a dog collar match which was incredible and then you had double or nothing from almost a year ago And it's funny that we're talking about that because at that time, CM Punk uh, was challenging for the Impact World Championship, right? And at that time, the champion was Hangman Adam Page. This would be the start of many things that would happen in AEW, many of the stuff that took place. So there was a promo that happened that happened right before the Double or Nothing event, right? Hangman Adam Page made some sort of derogatory statement, some comment, and we wasn't we weren't sure exactly what the statement was. Up until Punk won the championship. He wins the championship, it's done, and Hangman is pretty much out the window. And then CM Punk came back, um, was upset, had said some derogatory stuff towards Hangman Adam Page. Challenged him, bring him in, and that was it. That was the whole Hangman Adam Page story, which would start a fire. Which would start a fire right up until when CM Punk had to relinquish the championship. Or or let's call it like we see it. He didn't have to relinquish the championship. Tony Khan had had an interim champion in John Moxley. Which, I, you know, I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. There's really no need for an interim champion. There, there just needs to be a champion. And if he can't defend a championship for more than 30 days, strip him of the title and let somebody else have it. You know? So, John Moxley and CM Punk would have their match about a couple of weeks before All In, or All Out, I'm sorry. And then... Punk loses to John Moxley in almost about a, a two, maybe about a minute, maybe two minutes, I think, 
And that would be it, right? So John Moxley would win, unify both championships, and he would be the true Impact World Champion. I'm sorry, AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Then we go to All Out, where all of a sudden the whole thing with John Moxley and CM Punk would take place. CM Punk would eventually get get the win and beat John Moxley and take the Impact Wrestling, uh, uh, the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> and as soon as he got the AEW World Heavyweight Championship on that same night at All Out, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega had won the triple, the trios championship at that time. So then came the press conference. Well, well, just to kind of, I mean, I don't want to jump into the story here just yet. But then we would, you know, then, of course, uh, after Moxley loses the championship to CM Punk, then we would get the appearance of Maxwell Jacob Freeman, who we had not seen in, in months until he made his return and all out, right? The press conference comes in, the, the media scrum, and it would be the biggest talk in pro wrestling. Punk comes in upset, mad, talking about the Young Bucks, talking about Hangman Adam Page, talking about Kenny Omega, talking about the irresponsible EVPs, mentioning Cabana's name on several occasions and was completely upset. After the press conference was over, apparently there was some sort of, um, of a brawl, of a fight. A fight that took place over in that particular day, right? And it was it was in the locker room. Ace Steel was involved. Um, several officials were involved in that whole in that whole deal. And it led to CM Punk, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks being stripped of their championships, and they were suspended indefinitely. At that time in the story, and, and, and let's call it like we see it, I mean, in, in wrestling stories, especially in this one, some of us know the facts, some of us know what took place, and some of us wonder how, how did this happen and whose fault is it and who do we need to blame, you know? It almost seemed like on one side, you had people that were standing behind people like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. In many ways, they are the heart and soul of AEW. But they are also some irresponsible punks. Let's, let's call it like we see it. Let's call it like we see it. Every time we would see the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega on Dynamite, Nobody really has the patience or the time to look at these guys. Now, don't get me wrong. They're great world champions. They are. They're tremendous athletes. The problem is these guys are not 
good executives. They don't know wrestling in any way possible. Now, speaking as a fan, I mean, I know that I'm probably out of my limits here because, yes, I said that they are talented individuals, but they don't know booking one-on-one. When you have the Wrestling Observer, Dave Meltzer, and everybody else involved, all they want to do is whether they're telling the truth or not, they want to stir the pot and they want to bring up whatever story they can in order to make the Young Bucks look good. Now, let's, let's take a look at this. You have Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, that talk highly of the punks, highly of the elite, right? Thinking that Okay, we're supposed to side with them. Now, true, they do not know the full. They don't know the full story. They don't know the full story. And then you have Mega, who is the attorney for AEW, who's foreseen all of this whole situation, right? And we're thinking that if the if Tony Khan. And if the legal team is smart, they will not let those let the the elite back into the ring. They shouldn't. And if they do bring them back, and I know I said this previously in the podcast, if they bring them back, they have to strip them of the of the title of EVPs. If they want to come back to wrestle, they can come back to wrestle. They cannot be executives for any reason. Because of the fact that they walked into a dressing room. Yes, Punk was disrespectful. He said the things that he said. But in all hindsight, in all fairness, there was a lot of things that CM Punk said that were true. A lot of stuff that he said that was true. And here's the thing. Guys like myself that hear the stories, and we've heard many stories about the elite. You, you cannot take the elite seriously as executives. You can't. You look at them, the first thing that comes to people's heads is, who the fuck are these children that are wrestling on this television screen? And why do they call themselves professional wrestlers? You know? Now, I'm only speaking on one side here, as you can tell. Now, back to Punk. We know what he did to me as Scrum was wrong. But he was, he was very upset. He was very upset at the treatment he got. He was upset at the fact that I, I guess uh, he had to take care of something involving his former friend, Colt Cabana. And a lot of news and a lot of stuff were stirred up. A lot of things that were being stirred up. Now, I, I never saw Punk coming back yet. I, I knew eventually that he either wanted out of his contract or he wanted to stick around. I think Punk was smart enough to stick around because he wasn't going to go ahead and just... I mean, he, he, he gets suspended. And this investigation... Let's, let, let's talk about that. This investigation where all of them are suspended, right? All of them, even the officials that were there that weren't involved, were all suspended. And then as the week progresses, 
all of the people, all the officials that were involved in there were all suspended, but were let not let go exactly, but were uh, would continue to work for AEW. Several officials, I think, uh, I think I heard Pat Buck's name was one. And I think there were a couple of others that were involved uh, that were not released from the company, but were were brought into question and then were brought back to work. Just like that. So now, well, at that time, you know, Punk was suspended. The Young Bucks were suspended. Would Punk come back? Honestly, I would have left it up. You know, if Tony Khan was smart, it, he would just left it up to Punk and let him do what he wants, right? Basically, basically what I mean is he's the bigger star. He's drawing you more money. He's bringing a lot of people. Every time when he shows up on Dynamite, his, he moves the needle pretty good. Not, not a whole lot like Roman Reigns, but he does it extremely well. And when you think about it, he, drink, he draws more money for the company. He does more buy rates, than the Omegas and, and the Young Bucks combined. Because the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, they are stars, but they're not as big as Punk. And I know some people are going to look at this as, oh, come on, that's bullshit. These guys are way more talented to CM Punk. To the average modern-day wrestling fan, they will look at the, at the Kenny Omegas and the Young Bucks as the biggest stars in all of wrestling. But... For someone like myself who's a true pro wrestling fan, I see them as stars that came from New Japan or stars that came from Impact Wrestling or stars that came from from uh, Ring of Honor. There's really nothing special about them, okay? Now, if they were in the WWE, I mean, that would be a whole different, different set of rules because just think about this extremely close. Any star from the WWE that would leave that company and would show up to Impact Wrestling or show up to AEW or show up to any other wrestling promotion, they are the big star in that show because they came from the WWE. Now, would, would they be bigger stars in WWE? You know, if they were in WWE and would say they were releasing Common, they would be big stars. They would. Some people would look at them as big stars, and others will still see them as, oh, they're still the young bucks. They're still, they're still not worth shit and everything else like that. I mean, that's how it kind of goes, you know? <coughs> so, what I'm looking at right now is, at this point in time, press conference was done. Suspensions were handed, titles were stripped, and then everything needed to start all over. So in 2022, while Punk was busy out doing whatever he needs to do for himself, then you have the Bucks and, and Kenny Omega coming back to, to AEW. They were, they were in, they were at the all-out press conference in September and suspended, but they come back two months later. And in a crazy way, it's extremely unfair 
to have the Young Bucks come back. But not only that, to have them come back as executives. When they had, when they were just as responsible as what happens. Ace Steel gets fired because of what has taken place. But now reports are coming in saying that he was, he's now brought back to the company. Which we will talk about in the next episode. So, the Bucks come back. Kenny Omega comes back. Right? And Punk is still suspended. And we're coming to the end of 2002. Over in the WWE, they are doing fantastic numbers. They're having fantastic matches. And their events are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger every time. While, it, while AEW is starting to crumble and fall apart before our eyes. But not just Punk. Not just the, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. The, the whole story with Andrade. The whole thing with uh, Sammy Guevara. The whole thing with Thunder Rosa. There's a lot of stuff happening. That people are not understanding as to why some of these people are still employed by this company. I'll tell you why. Because you have a boss like Tony Khan. Yes, he's compassionate. He understands. He has a lot of money. But however, he does not know how to be a boss. He does not know how to run a company. He doesn't know how to book things right. So the rumors were speculating. Rumors were flying all over the place about another show coming. And my thought was, dude, are you kidding me? You, you have Rampage is not doing fucking good. You don't have CM Punk. You think the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are going to do shit. But when they came back, they haven't drawn shit. The viewership went from having 1.2 million viewers to now going from 900,000, 800,000, 700,000 viewers. People really don't give a shit about seeing the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. But at the same time, when you think about this, there are some people that do not like CM Punk either. But they look at CM Punk for all the wrong reasons, unfortunately. So now, you know, 2002 comes to an end and we're in 2023 and we're left with the same problem. While the WWE is kicking ass... While they're doing what they can in the Raw Rumble, in Elimination Chamber, uh, WrestleMania, everything goes in their way. AEW, they're not doing so good. True, they have the right world champion and true, they have the right individuals, but nothing is coming together. Up until the point when Tony Khan now decides to make all of these crazy announcements. And we're all anticipating the one announcement that people want to know about. Not a new show. Not a new show. But what if Punk comes back? That's what we all want to know. We've heard several, several announcements from Tony Khan. The whole thing with All In. That's coming over in Wembley Stadium in the next few months. The whole ticket sale prices and everything. A new show is coming. Uh, the Owen Hart tournament. 
every announcement that he makes, I'm sitting here wondering, okay, that's fine, but what about CM Punk? You know what CM Punk's doing? He is coming out there doing his MMA thing and doing color commentary for the show, right? He appeared over in Chicago when the WWE was over there. WWE still wants to make an attempt to talk to Punk. And I personally wouldn't mind if Punk were to go back to WWE. Make amends. Put things water under the bridge. And Punk is creating a lot of attention on himself and on everyone else. And all people want to do is stir the pot. Punk, hey, he stirs the pot however he wants to. That's good for him. And what are the Bucks and Kenny Omega doing? They're in some ridiculous storyline that they unfortunately can't get out of. They're waiting on a video game, which, by the way, it's coming up in in one month now. Fight forever. And it took forever for this game to finally show up. And now comes the other announcement. The other announcement that everybody knows. The fact that Tony Khan decides we're going to make, we're going to do a show. We're going to get all this money. We're going to put together a show on Saturdays. We're going to bring traditional wrestling on Saturday nights once again. Despite the fact that it's competing against boxing, competing against UFC, competing against the WWE. But we're going to have ourselves a wrestling show on a Saturday night. All Tony Khan wants to do is try to cover some tracks. But what Tony Khan is really doing is he, he's basically copying the WWE. But then again, when you think about it, AEW has managed to copy the WWE every step of the way. Nobody sees it that way, but trust me. AEW is doing exactly what the WWE has done, and they've done it way more better than AEW. So while SmackDown and Raw are not the best shows going, they're doing a lot better. And now Tony Khan has Dynamite and has Rampage, which, by the way, that show should just go. And now they want to set up a Saturday night show. They want to set up a Saturday night show. And they want to bring it over to this one place. But they can't decide whether or not they're going to do it or not. And if they choose to do it, okay, it happens. But if they choose to take it in a different spot, that fucks everything up. You know, I wish Tony Khan would get his head out of his ass and understand that this is not the solution. But I guess whatever he does, he does. And if this show is going to do good, if this show is going to do exactly what it needs to do, 
okay. But I guarantee you, the first night will be good. The next couple of months after that, we'll see if it can do better than Dynamite. But then again, if, if, the, if the way I'm seeing things is an occurrence to what we know about now, this show happening in, in a couple of weeks' time, it's not going to beat Raw. It's not going to beat SmackDown. It might beat Dynamite. And you'll know why this show will be better than Dynamite. It'll probably be better than Rampage. Or worse, better than the two of those shows combined. Okay, that was part one of my uh, Road to Collision in every way possible. That was just the first part that you heard right there. And you're going to hear another part of that on tomorrow's episode of the Maybet Talk podcast when we discuss a little bit more about the show. Will CM Punk be there? Who's going to be involved? Why do I think this show will be just as good as Dynamite? And will be. Will it be good as Dynamite? Well, we'll all find out about that in a moment. So uh, the main event decided to go through his little archives and everything else like that. And some of you probably have already heard this in the last episode. Well, uh, a previous episode from, I believe it was in, in September. I was working on uh, go, going through the whole story with CM Punk and going through the whole story with what took place in the media scrum. Now, most of you guys know about what that is. That's cool. I don't have to bring it up to you. But just in case you want to hear that entire media scrum, the main event has it for you right here. It's still in my archives. It may disappear on me, you know, when, when it comes, when the time is right or everything else like that. Well, anyways, if you guys want to hear that media scrum, here it is right here, right now. This is a, uh, a one of my main event talk exclusives where I discuss about the media scrum. You'll hear CM Punk talking in a media scrum and you'll get an idea of where all this is coming from. Trust me. If you haven't heard it, you need to hear it right here, right now. Right here on the Main Event Talk Podcast. Here we go. Okay, guys, let's get to the main event of the matter. Now, we've talked about Clash of the Castle. We've talked about Worlds Collide, and we've talked about All Out. And from this entire episode, you have heard several clips from everything that happened at the Media Scrum. Now... There's a bit more to the story than meets the eye, and the main event will give you his conclusion on how everything went down and everything. Now, right here on the Main Event Talk podcast, you're going to hear that media scrum that took place right after All Out was over. Now, now I'm very surprised that they kept this on. They would have gone ahead and just deleted it if they wanted to, but it's still on here on YouTube. All you gotta do, all you gotta do is go over to um, <clears throat> go over to YouTube and look for the All Out Media Scrum, and you'll find out what I'm talking about. Now, if you set your, if you set the Media Scrum, set it for 12 minutes and six seconds, play it, and then you'll get to the clip. Now, we're not going to play the entire Media Scrum. We're not going to talk about that. But what we are going to do is we're going to play everything that CM Punk said on this Media Scrum. You're going to hear it word for word, bay by bay, and then after that, once Punk leaves, and we'll stop and we'll talk about the rest from here on out. So let's get right into it. Let's get into the whole thing with CM Punk 
his conver- his um, <clears throat> media scrum that has got the wrestling world on ear talking about this. And believe it or not, people are still talking about that whole thing that happened with CM Punk that happened on Labor Day oh, Labor Day weekend. So let's begin with the media scrum starting with CM Punk. Give it some time. It should be right there. When you did improv, who'd you do improv with? Hmm. Okay, so you fancy yourself a journalist. Would you say you're friends with Scott Colton? So you're not friends with him? Oh, wow. Well, that makes two of us. My point is, if you fancy yourself a journalist, even if it's for the silly world of professional wrestling, and you have journalistic integrity, people who report things mostly that are bullshit and slanderous lies against myself, you are friends with somebody you blew my spot if you're not friends with them i apologize but you should probably disclose who you're friends with um i haven't had anything to do with scott colton in almost a decade probably wanted nothing to do with him even longer than that it's fucking unfortunate that i have to come up here and speak on this when i'm on my time and this is a fucking business uh why i'm a grown-ass adult man and i decide not to be friends with somebody is nobody else's fucking business but my friends if I fall backwards, will catch me. Scott Colton, I felt, never would have. My problem was, I wanted to bring a guy with me to the top that did not want to see me at the top. Okay? You call it jealousy, you call it envy, whatever the fuck it is. My relationship with Scott Colton ended long before I paid all of his bills. I have every receipt. I have every invoice. I have every email. I have the email where he says, and I quote, I agree to go our separate ways. I will get my own lawyer and you do not have to pay anymore. That's an email that I have. The only reason the public did not see is because when I finally had to counter sue him through discovery, we discovered he shared a bank account with his mother. That's a fact. And as soon as we discovered that fact and we subpoenaed old Marsha, he sent the email, oh, can we please drop all this? Now, it's 2022. I haven't been friends with this guy since at least 2014, late 2013. And the fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs and couldn't fucking manage a target, and they spread lies and bullshit and and put into a media that I got somebody fired when I have fuck all to do with him want nothing to do with him do not care where he works where he doesn't work where he eats where he sleeps and the fact that i have to get up here and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing and if y'all are at fault fuck you if you're not i apologize but what did i ever do in this world to go to deserve an empty-headed fucking dumb fuck like hangman adam page to go out on national television and fucking go into business for himself for what what did i do dave what did i ever do didn't do a goddamn thing what's your name sir fuck the pittsburgh penguins what are you doing man what are you doing I made it really clear in forbes and i just want to make it clear again Nick, it's when- not his position to make it very fucking clear There's people who call themselves EVPs that should have fucking known better. 
This shit was none of their business. I understand sticking up for your fucking friends. I fucking get it. I stuck up for that guy more than anybody. Okay? I paid his bills until I didn't, and it was my decision not to. Yeah, but I shouldn't have no commented when Nick first said it. It's my I, fault. And I if I hadn't, it's my that. fault. It's my I appreciate fault. that. I should have just I'm, taken a head on because you never said it. But I'm trying anything. to run a fucking business. And when somebody who hasn't done a damn thing in this business jeopardizes the first million dollar house that this company has ever drawn off of my back and goes on national television and does that it's a disgrace to this industry it's a disgrace to this company now we're far beyond apologies right i gave him a fucking chance it did not get handled and you saw what i had to do which is very regrettable lowering myself to his fucking level but that's where we're at right now and i will still walk up and down this hallway and say if you have a fucking problem with me take it up with me let's fucking go What's your question, Nick? Why now? Why, why is MJF back in the fold now? How do you both feel about him being around? How do you feel about the time he spent away? All of that. Well, if I may, I'm the one who asked him to come back because uh, MJF's a big star in this company, and this is a, one of the biggest events. A year ago, CM Punk debuted here, and I thought it was right for the fans. And like I said, for the fans, I thought the best thing that we could do as a company was bring MJF back. And he wants me to work with pricks constantly. That's, that's what it is. Nevertheless, uh, it, Two of the top wrestlers in the world, MJF and CM Punk. Could be oh. a big match down the line. Sorry to keep bringing this fucking up, but I've never spoken his word, and I don't know how long, so I'm a little fucking pissed off about it. When it came down that he was going to sue me, I asked to talk to him. He refused. I asked for mediation. It was denied. I offered him money. He said it was not enough. He went ahead with the lawsuit and sued. It's his fucking funeral. I don't care. He shares a bank account with his mother that tells you all you need to know about what kind of character that is. I appreciate it, Nick. I'm sorry if I'm a little fucking snippy. I'm hurt and I'm old and I'm fucking tired and I work with fucking children. I regret not answering your question the first time you asked it. Yeah, but I should have just taken a head on like I did with Blake and Forbes recently. We're all learning here, Tony. It's okay. Thanks. Thanks. This is from Mindy's Bakery, by the way. It's a great place in Chicago. If you like pastries and baked goods, I suggest you go there. They're closed on Mondays and Tuesdays, though. Uh, Sorry so about best, all that, man. All right, thanks. So I've asked questions of presidential candidates in my old life. I don't think I've ever been as nervous as I am right now, but I'll, I'll direct this one to Tony. Um, you saw the reaction MJF got when he came back out at the end of the night. Do you have any worries that um, you know, he was cheered in Chicago while CM Punk, hometown guys, do you have any worries about um, MJF kind of, he got pure booze before. He was a, one of the last pure heels left in wrestling that didn't try to get cheered. And now he's sort of set up as this anti-authority figure. Do you, do you worry about what that means for the psychology going forward, especially if he's going to take on Punk? I think the fans want to see great wrestling matches. MJF's the top wrestler. CM Punk's the world champion, the top wrestler in the world. And I think having the top contenders, whoever came out of this match tonight, MJF sets up as a great challenger. And now CM Punk uh, is the world champion. MJF being back, a lot of fans were excited to see it. But anytime somebody makes a comeback in the world of wrestling, generally, you get a really big reaction. Am I worried about it? No, not really. Like, we have... 
one of the most charismatic, popular professional wrestlers in the world right here. And frankly, the fans can react however they want. That's what's great about AEW and pro wrestling. We're not trying to tell people what to think. This is a really compelling story. People were emotionally moved. People are calling that a great ending, and I'm really glad people liked it. But the fact is, it was a great match, it was a great ending, and now we'll see what happens on Wednesday. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll tell you why I'm upset about it. It's because if you're an EVP, you don't try to middle your top baby face. Try to get your niche audience that's on the internet to hate him for some made-up bullshit rumor. Really pisses me off. Stepping on your own dick, trying to fucking, you know, make money, sell tickets, fill arenas, and these stupid guys think they're in a receipt. Yep, Dominic D'Angelo at freeshows.com. Uh, Punk, last time we were here last year, I asked you about like Terry Funk and his influence, like yeah. the legacy going on. Kind of, uh, and this is for you too, Tony. I kind of like there, there, you do, you've done a great job with incorporating legends throughout, you know, the course of AEW and as it goes on. I kind of want to see uh, what you feel about how a lot of the modern talent today can kind of utilize some of the advice and take advice from like guys like William Regal and uh, even like Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone. Um, I know I'm missing Jake Roberts, plenty I'm missing, I'm sure. But I just kind of want to get both your perspectives on that and how that can kind of go a little bit more to, to help you guys out grow as a company. We have a, uh, a locker room full of pretty brilliant minds, you know, Jerry Lynn, Dean Malenko, Mark Henry. You know, I, when I came back and I cut my promo my second week here, I thought, it was, I thought it was pretty decent, you know what I mean? Kind of blur the lines a little bit. What's he doing? How crazy Phil. He's going into business for himself, and really I was just defending myself. But, you know, you, you, you mix that in with attacking Moxley and mention, um, you know, Kingston being the second best Kingston, which is a pretty great line. Um, you know, uh, but our locker room, for all the wisdom and brilliance it has isn't worth shit when you have an empty-headed idiot who's never done anything in the business do public interviews and say i don't really take advice who the fuck do you think you are you know that's stupid i'm on a team with barry bonds mark mcguire sammy sosa and i i don't need to, i don't need to work on my swing you don't yeah i'm not gonna listen to these guys they're gonna tell me how to swing a baseball fucking go fuck yourself that's how I feel about it. I, I, I dare you to fucking say that this Terry Funk's face. I don't need to listen to you, Mr. Funk. I know what I'm doing. Fucking grow up. Uh, question for uh, Punk. Uh, I'm sorry, from Bleach Report. What? So we can't hear you. Sorry. Um, question for CM Punk, uh, Phil Lindsay from Bleach Report. Um, I think it caught a lot of people by surprise your loss two weeks ago and the, your foot injury came into play. And I wonder you know, how much of that came into play tonight? Because a lot of fans would assume that that was part of the reason you lost, but that didn't seem to hamper you tonight. Um, I'm wearing Dan Housen's boots. There's a true story. So I, I assume that it's like some sort of a reverse curse. I've had a real problem with footwear. I've been trying to figure out like what to wear. And that's real life. Like I put my old wrestling shoes on and they didn't fit. I bought a new pair of 12s, they didn't fit. Um, I thought about wearing my gym shoes. They didn't have the stability I needed. And uh, I bought a pair of Doc Martens because they're really comfortable. But they're too loose. And then Dan and Houston's like, you want to try mine on? I'm like, they're a size 10. And I put them on and they just magically fit. They're, they're like, like unbelievable, like a glove. They're tight, but not too tight. They give me stability and they're comfortable as hell. 
so I owe him more money now. Hi, Tony. Hi, Punk. Um, Izzy. Izzy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm sorry if I'm scary. No, it's okay. Yeah, I like you, though. You're right. Thank you. I, I like you, too. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> um, Izzy from the Hot Tag with Izzy. This question is actually directed towards Punk. Uh, we saw, you know, you got your huge win tonight. Congratulations. And also MJF returned. What is the message that you're trying to direct towards MJF this time around? Because you did have a feud with him a couple months ago. I mean, do I have to? I, I, I guess, uh, I don't know. I'm tired of wrestling these pricks. <laughs> I'm tired of wrestling these kids that think they uh, they know everything. Um, you know, but um, I'm not. I'm not the boss. I, uh, he won the number one contendership, and uh, I guess I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Um, I, I think Max is uh, a, a supremely talented individual, um, but this goes for him and anybody else in the locker room that doesn't want to be here. You know, the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it, and Max likes to, uh, you know, shit where he eats instead of watering the grass. So. You know, we'll have to we'll have to see how that goes. Thanks, Izzy. Uh, John Alba podcast. Heat uh, Punk. A, a year ago, we were in this room, and it was after Adam Cole had debuted, Brian Danielson had debuted, and you said that it, it had the feeling of Bash at the Beach, oh, where where there was. Did that I say energy. that? It was that. Energy. Did I say that? And uh, uh, a year later, here you are, world champion through the trials and tribulations what's your honest assessment of the last year for you personally and professionally um i i know it sounds like again sounds like a pretty ridiculous statement you know but i would like to think and again in five years you know you'll 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 see the impact of it um there's a chance i'm wrong you know we got an uphill battle in a in a, in a lot of respects um there's just so much drama and turmoil going on but i you know i, I like to believe in the place i work um, we do have a very, very strong roster. And like I said, we have, we have a lot of brilliant minds backstage. So if, uh, if, if young talent's willing to actually listen and, and receive uh, advice and information, I honestly think sky's the limit. You know, there's always going to be people who think they should be the top guy, want to be pushed, you know? Um, and I get that. I mean, that was, that was me from like 2008 to, you know, 2010 or whatever. And, you know, I, 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 I always wanted more. Um, but I, I, I thought I acted like a top guy, you know, like if I missed a flight, I rented a car and made the town. I didn't just go, oh, I missed the flight. I guess I'm not going to be a TV. Um, I think Adam Cole is, is, is fantastic. I'm, 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 I'm more worried about his health now than worry about if, if his impact on wrestling is going to be, you know, bigger than Scott Hall's or something like that. Like, I, I just want the kid to be healthy because he's a, he's a, he's a sweetheart, you know? Um, I know Eric Bischoff is really mad that I said that, so I stand by it. Uh, um, can you tell me a little bit about the recovery from the foot injury as far as, you know, I know you went through it's three months. That was Awful. pretty quick. That's, you know, and you had sur you had major surgery, you know, that stuff put in and everything. So, uh, the, so, so again, what I, what I said in uh promo, I think maybe last week was, was true. I, I did the stage dive. What an idiot. I must've hit my foot on the top of the guardrail, but I didn't feel it. And you would think that shit would hurt, but 
when I people caught me, they put me back down. I waited for FTR, and I, I'm standing on my foot, and I'm, it just didn't feel right, you know. But I thought again, maybe I just whacked it or something like that, and then I I wrestled on it, blew a springboard, came off the top of like a double axe, like did all this shit. And what I eventually did is, yeah, I fractured my foot, but then I pulverized the bones. Pulverized is the word Doctor uh, Doctor Jung used. Surgery was supposed to be an hour. I wound up being like four and a half. I got three plates and 16 screws in my foot. And I essentially, I have a new foot now, you know. Um, it is 100%, but it is a new 100%. And I'm, you know, I, every day I, I rehab. But when I, when I started rehab, this is the worst injury I've ever had, you know. Um, had surgery on my elbow, easy, easy peasy, you know. Lower back, I could bite the next day. I could get a coffee. I could go for a six-hour walk. You know what I mean? And just, I could do something. I was bedridden for two weeks, and it was really, really hard for me because I, I really wanted to have this great summer, and do good for Tony, and sell tickets, draw money, help with ratings, and it all just came crashing down. But that's life, you know. I, I missed out on Forbidden Door and United Center. I really wanted to wrestle there, you know. And I, and I have, I, I have pride in my work, and. I wanted to carry the title and, you know, carry through the summer and just help grow the business. So it was mentally devastating. I was bedridden for at least two weeks. Uh, I would be dead if it wasn't for my wife. I would also be dead because of my wife if that third week I didn't get out of bed. <laughs> uh, love April to death. I, I, I wouldn't be here right now in a lot of ways if it wasn't for her. Um, it may sound corny to some people, not being able to walk my dog was like, really challenging you know uh and then the the rehab like i could tell you how hard and painful it was and grueling but i i just wouldn't be able to do it justice i was doing two and a half hours of rehab plus once they told me i could bike i was biking my life away then i would go to the gym later and lift weights and i was just trying to bust my ass to hurry up and not necessarily hurry up to get back i wanted to hurry up to get healthy because if i'm not healthy i'm no good to anybody it was just it was really really tough uh, i i just think it's you know i'm i'm a little older now and it was just it was a pretty ridiculous i, I think if i was 23 it would have been a hard injury you know what i mean because I, I literally couldn't do anything trying to get around on crutches up and down stairs you know i gotta walk two feet to go to the bathroom i got crutches it, it was just it was pretty bad it, and it was depressing uh but thank you for asking <laughs> Will Washington, uh, Fightful. What up, Will? How you doing, Punk? I'm okay. I got a question for you. So oh, that's why I'm here, right? Um, so I guess a good way to round this out would be to point out the fact that uh, your win tonight brought to an end a fairly legendary run for John Moxley. He hasn't been defeated in AEW in over a year. And uh, even with the months that were out, um, he hadn't, I believe it was, what, double or nothing last year was the last time he was pinned? Um, it was in a tag match. Yeah, he's never. Match. Yeah, it was the first time he's ever taken a clean pin in an AEW match ever. I would say. I mean, where it was under pretty fair circumstances right. in over three years. Yeah, so it's a, that brings to an end a fairly legendary run for John Moxley. Can you talk about um, what it means to be the guy to put an end to that run for Moxley? Oh man, people are probably really mad at me then, huh? Alvarez, are you mad at me? All right. I'm a little mad at you, but yeah. Um, uh, 
I think me and Mox are so similar and obviously uh, we got a lot in common, you know, like both had some misdiagnosed staph infections. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a, it's a weird thing to have in common, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, but we came from the same place and I think we felt a lot of the same things there, you know, kind of like there was a bridesmaid, but never the bride. I can only hope that he appreciates um, being able to me doing that for him just as I appreciate him doing this for me, you know, because I think we're both guys that nobody ever really did it for us, you know. Uh, guys could have helped us out a little bit more, passed the torch a little bit more. And I think we're on, we're on even, we're on an even footing. Whereas before maybe you thought, you know, like I'm the bigger star, like I'm here to try to elevate anybody, everybody. And I'm not saying that I have elevated John Moxley. I like to think maybe I did. I think that's what all of our jobs are is to get, you know, if, if one person's up here, it's, it's, it's up to them to reach back and, and get everybody up to that level. But yeah, I, I think, I think John Moxley, um, we have different philosophies about pro wrestling, but it's it's a beautiful thing because it's it's all pro wrestling, you know. And done right, it's it's just magic. I I, I think he's a hell of a talent, and I, uh, I I I sure do appreciate him, you know. Alvarez, you saw that video, man, and you were so incredulous that I went into business for myself, and I was just like, man. <laughs> I and the reason I've never defended myself is because when you do it just sounds like you're being defensive but I've eaten shit on this subject for a very very long time um, and I am, I'm very sad today that I had to get up here and, and, and say his name he doesn't fucking deserve it uh, and talk about it but facts are facts, you know. Name two people that have made the most money off the name CM Punk. I don't think you're there yet. The first one's Vince McMahon. The second one's Scott Colton. I hope you all have a good night. Please be more responsible with the news you get from certain people. And uh, just remember, we're human beings. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bro, Larry got one of the biggest pops of the night earlier. He got Lucy ran down the, the thing. It was fucking great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Fuck Sydney Crosby. Fuck fuck Malkin. Fuck right. You know what? You know what? Fuck Ron Francis. How about that? I'm still fucking pissed about it. Fuck him. There you go. Their got a hat trick Game one, they still lose against Sweet. Oh, God, Sweet box up these Sweet. Okay, so we, we, we stopped there, and uh, okay, you know, and that was a good time to stop that whole deal with uh, CM Punk uh, discussing what he did. Now, um, uh, you pretty much heard everything on that media scrum, everything that Punk was talking about, um, you, you know, and you know, here on this episode of the Maybe the Tone Podcast, we're trying to get an idea. Let me see if I can pick my phone up real quick. We're trying to get an idea as to what was the real cause, what took place, 
And how did this all take place? Now, you just heard uh, the media scrum right there with CM Punk. And you heard everything that he had to say in every way possible. Now, also, the other thing that um, Punk mentioned was the whole thing with Cole Cabana. Now, we have, uh, we have done reports about this. We had talked about this, I think, the whole thing with Cole Cabana. And we had all wondered the same thing. I mean, what does he have to do with any of this? And then pretty much, uh, like Dave Meltzer and others were, you know, given their take and everything. And I think I know what Punk was talking about when he mentioned um, Brian Alvarez. Now, as a matter of fact, I think you just heard part of the clip earlier on this episode where Brian Alvarez was talking about that whole thing with CM Punk and the media scrum. So... He got an idea on that. Now, if you haven't heard it, you can go to YouTube and look for it. Or you can just listen to it right here on the Main Event Talk Podcast to get an idea. Now, what happened afterwards was uh, was a whole different story. was a whole different story because um, everything that Punk was just mentioning right there about the EVPs, about the whole thing with uh, uh, Hangman Adam Page and all this stuff, you know. Uh, you know, I like to give you my conclusions and my thoughts about this. I'll probably give it to you in a moment, but let me let me go ahead and get into something else real quick. Um, we heard the media scrum just now. You heard everything that I had to say. Well, not everything I had to say, but I got a little bit more to talk about. But to give you guys just a little bit more taste of what you what you saw, what you heard, you know who else had heard about all this. <laughs> and I think you know what I'm talking about. None other than the Louisville slugger himself, Jim Cornette. And uh, he went ahead and released an episode of the drive through some of it before it even got out. So when this media scrum had took place, and then there was some backstage heat that happened with the Young Bucks, CM Punk, and, and um, Ace Steel, and Kenny Omega, and a few others that were involved in this whole altercation that happened right after the media scrum was over, Jim Cornette and the great Brian Lass had an opportunity to mention some of the things that happened and wanted to give their take on it. So right here, so we're done with the media scrum here. So now the next thing that I'm going to do, because we're going to be talking just a little bit more about this whole thing with the, the, the whole thing with CM Punk and the Young Bucks, the results, what happened, how did it happen, and everything else like that. So, with that being said, we're going to get to the next part right here. And the next part is involving Jim Cornette on the review of CM Punk at AEW's All Out Media Scrum. You'll be, you're going to hear the same thing that you just heard on this media scrum a moment ago, but you're going to get yourself, yourself an earful of not only CM Punk, but an earful from Jim Cornette because there's a lot of things that he said that actually made sense. And then after that, we're going to get to my conclusions. Coming back, rise like green, green kid with a dream. Went from never seen. 
life. Yeah, the life, father, life, son, struggle. More muscle, gun muscle. We flip in it, trust in it, gon' get it. Shit, cause it's bigger than life. And this motherfucker, Lil Weezy, the world with two. But in the meantime, I'ma have a nice time. Went from a kind artist to an icon. Got the keys to success on my key ring. Used to dream about sugar, sweet dreams. But reality, then she mopped. Sold my soul to the devil, made a profit. What's going on, everybody? Furman Torres here from the Main Event Talk Podcast. And I just wanted to go ahead and tell everyone at Rich's Billiards, thank you. Thank you very much for 20 years of being a part of that bar. And here is to 20 more years of being a part of Rich's Billiards. For the past 20 years, Rich's Billiards was one of the best bars going today. And it still is happening today. Back in the day, it used to be called Theo's a long time ago. Now is Rich's Billiards, and it's still the same place that you know and love quite well. So if you've got nothing to do on any particular day that you're doing right now, why don't you head over to Rich's Billiards and come hang with a couple of friends. Go over and shoot some pool, drink some beer, take some shots, have yourself a good time. Be a part of history in every way that you can. The main event has been a part of Rich's Billiards for the past 20 years, and I plan on continuing to still do the same things that I've been doing for the past 20 years, and this place never, ever gets boring. So, if you guys got nothing to do, head over to Rich's Billiards and check out some of their big events, including Emo Night. They always have a special every single month, and they do it in spectacular fashion, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. And if you are a sports fan, if you want to check out the NFL, if you want to check out NBA, if you want to check out wrestling, you want to check out the UFC or boxing, Rich's Billiards is the headquarters of UFC, boxing, and all sorts of sports and entertainment in any way possible. For the past 20 years, the main event has had his fun, and the main event has always run the show in every way possible, and you guys can run the show with me. I just want to say thank you to Richard's Billiards for 20 years, and we will continue that tradition every single time. Richard's Billiards, 5815 Weber, not your average heroes, the legend continues, and it is also now the bar among bars. And the billiards among billiards. I am the main event player. I approve this message. We will crown a new world heavyweight champion. This will be a champion that will defend anywhere. Anytime, all over the world. 
WWE will never look the same. It is official, official, that uh, Chicago United Center is going to be the location of the debut edition of Collision. There was no announcement of CM Punk on the show tonight, but seems that's pretty much a foregone conclusion since they announced Chicago. What's the latest, Dave? Well, they, uh, you know, the, they've got a deal, and... Um, He's going to start a collision, and there were a couple of things done. I mean, there was uh, a uh, um, there was some legal stuff that was taken care of. Um, there were NDAs involved in this, and I think the the key stuff is that uh, AW was protected as far as um, you know him showing up for all the dates and. Uh, the decision is, as far as we know, um, that Ace Steel will be working remotely. He will not be an agent going to the collision shows, which was what the big, you know, thing that happened last Tuesday was. So that was how that was settled. And, uh, you know, so I think that uh, judging from the, what I would call, uh, lack of excitement when it came to ticket buyers for these collision shows, um, they needed something really big, and Punk is about the biggest thing that they could get right now um, that would be available that, you know, in, in that date, you know, in the, by, by June 17th. So it was, you know, there was a lot of pressure to make the thing work. And, um, you know, they had been, you know, I mean, it was, it, it was a, a done deal with Punk multiple times over the last couple of months. I mean, we talked about it a long time ago. There were some things that had happened. There was more than one occasion. But in the end, you know, the deal is made, at least for right now. And uh, we'll see how it uh, goes from here. But, um, I mean, as far as for the first show and everything like that, um, I think it was very important that uh, they had him said something big on the first show and, and him on the first show and going forward. And there's just so many questions on the thing. But um, they're going to, I mean, they're going on Saturday night against real tough competition every week. And many weeks they're going to be going against WWE once a month practically. And um, so they're going to, you know, they can't roll out just a normal show um, and, uh, you know, get the kind of an audience. Um, I mean, they, they'll get an audience just by being on the station, but get a good audience week in and week out. Um, you know, a competitive audience, you know, a, a top tier audience. Um, on nights with all the big sports events. But, uh, you know, I mean, Punk was their biggest draw, um, and it's the best bet. And as far as how the roster split goes and all those things, we will see. They did, they did um, in the video on the show tonight, they, did, they didn't show Punk, and they showed, you know, the different people who had been plugged before, and they also showed Scorpio Sky. So that's a new name for the Collision Show. And, um, although they never mentioned his name. And, um, that's, I don't know, anything else you want to know? No, I mean, just, uh, when are they going to announce the guy? Are they going to wait till the day of? Are they going to do what they did the well, first time? I don't know. I don't, I don't know how they're going to, I don't know how they're going to handle They also didn't mention, um, The Second Coming, which was originally the name of the show and may still be. They just mentioned the thing. Now, in the building, in the MGM Grand, um, 
there was a pretty big pop when they announced Chicago because people knew that Chicago meant that punk was coming back. And you could um, hear CM Punk chants. Well, the, the, it was it was described to me as a very John Cena-ish thing in the sense that there were chants for CM Punk, and then there were chants, we don't want CM Punk, and there were a lot of boos, and there were a lot of cheers, but it was loud, and both being very loud, but it was described as like, you know, the, the John Cena when he was booed reaction in the building. So, um, you know, that was, uh, you know, um, it's... I think in Chicago he'll probably do pretty well, and then in other cities, you know, we'll have to wait and see. It depends on momentum. Depends on what he says. He's a good talker. He'll probably do pretty well on his promo. Um, so, uh, on his promos, but uh, we'll have to, you know, I mean, this is this is a, um, you know, the, you know, he'll he'll he will likely be at uh, Wembley, and um, when that's announced, that will be interesting to see if that moves new tickets and um chicago i mean chicago goes on sale uh friday and i think there's a pre-sale tomorrow which seems awfully fast but um you know we'll have a pretty good gauge we'll have some gauge tomorrow and we'll have a pretty good gauge on friday on as far as what this means um you know because last the last time he came back and of course it was a much bigger deal then because he'd been gone for so long but but the last time he came back i mean they did sell out in the pre-sale immediately so um i mean i don't think anyone expects that it would be absolutely fantastic if they to me you know if they got anything over i mean they did book the united center not Wintrust. you know i mean like Wintrust. um if they don't you know Wintrust is like uh they could get about i think seven in there um and um if they don't do more than seven then they overshot with the united center um, and could have booked Wintrust. Um, I mean, with the United Center, you know, or even, um, um, you know, the Now Arena, um, you know, because uh, United Center is the biggest arena in the in the uh, in the city and the most expensive. Um, you know, I mean, there's a reason that WWE does not run the United Center; they run the Allstate Arena because it's more cost effective. Um, you know, when AEW did run the United Center at the one time, it was very, um, you know, obviously it was. Uh, you know, immediate sellout, so it was a big, big success. But the key was, is it was a sellout, and they did a much bigger gate than they could do at any other arena, and it was cost-effective with a sellout. But if you if you are doing, even 10,000 is much more cost-effective running the Now Arena, and 7,000 be more cost-effective running Wintrust. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all goes. Um, you know, a lot to learn. Um, it's going to be an interesting summer, and... Uh, you know, everyone's on the same page. Well, I shouldn't say everyone's on the same page, but Tony Khan and Punk are, in theory, on the same page right now. So everything, you know, every all the fences were mended, or as much as they could be. We will probably not hear anything about the details as far as the negotiations and things like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, Tony's going to be doing a uh, conference tomorrow, and I would be, you know, I would expect that, CM Punk's name when we brought up and so um, I don't know how he will address that I mean either he's either tomorrow is to announce it or he's going to be in a funny position because he's going to have to do this I can't confirm or deny it which everybody will take as a confirmation so uh, tomorrow will be tomorrow morning will be an interesting morning when it comes to that uh, that uh, Tony Khan call or tomorrow afternoon actually
Superdome in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Okay, so let's get into the second part of the Memorial Day weekend. We've talked about the Under Siege event, and now let's talk about Night of Champions. Now, this is going to take place on Saturday, uh, right around the afternoon time. Uh, we know that uh, uh, we know that Night of Champions is going to be nighttime over in Saudi Arabia as everything goes down. But over here, we'll probably see it around the morning time. So uh, just to give everybody a, a hint up, uh, here in Corpus Christi, we'll probably see the the countdown show, which may happen. Let's see if it's in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. We'll probably see it at 11 o'clock and see the entire event around 12 in the afternoon. So we'll be able to check out Night of Champions as it happens. So, so far, as far as we know it, Unless something changes, there are a total of seven matches. One is going to feature a singles match, two single matches to be exact. One for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, the Raw Women's Championship, the Intercontinental Championship, the Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship, and the new coveted World Heavyweight Championship. Okay. We uh, as of as of this recording right now, we do not know if the United States Championship matchup is going to be on the line. Now, if it does happen, it there's a good chance we might see Sheamus go one on one against Austin Theory for the United States Championship. It may happen. So, um, and I'm I'm going to go ahead and, and and even though the match is not official as I'm recording this episode right now, I'm going to go ahead and give you my prediction anyway. Anyway, so. I'm thinking, obviously, it's going to be an easy one here. It's going to be Austin Theory to win the United States Championship. He's going to beat Sheamus underhandedly, you can almost tell. And it will happen at Night of Champions. Now, once again, that's just my prediction. I don't know if the match is going to happen unless we get a different opponent, however it works. Okay, so... Let's look into the seven matches that are being added on to Night of Champions. So we're going to have the contract signing took place over on Monday Night Raw. So it will be official. Becky Lynch to go one-on-one against Trish Stratus. This one, not a whole lot of people care about this. Not a whole lot of people do. And it's not... It, it You know, it's one of those... I, I love Trish Stratus. I love where she's going. Uh, the way her heel persona is is tremendous. But I don't know. I think it can be better. And also, I think we need something a bit different, you know. And also, also let me also mention this. Do I feel like I'm the only person that really wants to see Trish Stratus in a match before she gets into a match with Becky Lynch? I mean, I you know, honestly, if she's going to come back... Number one, give her a couple of matches. Don't give her, don't give it to her every night. Just give her a couple of matches. 
just so she can warm up and get ready to take on Becky Lynch, you know, just to get her prepared. But all we've had was a few promos and a contract signing that took place. So, in this match, um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to actually go, and I, I'm already seeing this coming, unless Becky Lynch wins, I'm going to go with Trish Stratus because what the WWE is intending to do is they're intending to stick this match between these two at Night of Champions, which is going to end up Trish Stratus winning, right? And then say... Money in the Bank comes along, and Becky Lynch wins that one, and then SummerSlam comes in, and then we know how the story goes. So, this one, we're going to have to go with Trish Stratus. Becky Lynch is going to be the one to maybe lead her into this match. I know some people are going to be like, oh, well, you don't really have to lead Trish Stratus. She's a, she's a Hall of Famer. She's a veteran. She knows what she has to do. But let me also remind you of a couple of things, guys. Number one, her last match in WWE was against Charlotte Flair. And she did good, but she didn't do as good as she thought she could. Okay? So if she cannot beat Becky Lynch, or she, if she cannot beat Charlotte Flair, how is she going to fare against someone like Becky Lynch? I mean, I'm still going to go with Trish. Not because she's my favorite, but I think they're just going to extend this. That's what I think will happen. So I'm going to go with Trish Stratus to win this match against Becky Lynch. I know there's some people that think Becky Lynch should win it, but let's call it like we see it. I think it's going to end up Trish winning. This whole feud's going to extend further to Money in the Bank or at SummerSlam or however this rolls. But we shall see. Next matchup right here, Natalia going one-on-one against Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, this one, you know... <laughs> There's really no way of oh, no way of calling this match, uh, other than the fact that Natalia is gonna, you know, be the veteran, be in there with Rhea Ripley and give her a good match, unless Dominic decides to be stupid and interfere in the match. So I really think that Rhea Ripley and Natalia is gonna be a good match. It's not gonna be the best match in the card, but it's gonna be a good match for what it is. So I think Natalia is gonna do what she can and put her over. In every way possible, because after all, I think a lot of people want to see Rhea just hold on that championship just a little while longer. We don't know the right opponent for her just yet, but eventually we'll find out about it real, real soon. So Natalia to lose to Rhea Ripley. I see the match lasting longer than maybe five, six minutes, depending. Maybe ten minutes. Just see how it rolls. Natalia to lose to Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, this is the one that needs to change. This is the one that needs to go in an upgrade in every way possible. We did not get it at WrestleMania, and hopefully at Night of Champions, we will get it. It's going to be the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, to go one-on-one against Asuka. Now, I I mentioned what we need to get. At WrestleMania, we were supposed to have gotten Asuka to win it. Hopefully this time, this will be the perfect moment. But everything went according to plan so far. Because as soon as Asuka lost the championship, or lost the opportunity to beat Bianca Belair, we already know that the fans are already going to boo Bianca Belair. I'm not sure how that crowd over in Saudi Arabia is going to feel about Bianca Belair. But how I'm feeling it at this point right now is, 
Bianca Belair is basically becoming John Cena. I know some people don't see it that way, but just think about it for a moment. Look at the success of John Cena. Look at the individuals that he has beaten. And look at how many times the fans have booed that. The same shit. So I'm thinking that Bianca's probably going to go through the same thing. You know, do what she can like she did at WrestleMania. But what needs to happen here? There's a lot of people that are insinuating that Bianca Belair should turn heel. I don't think it'll happen just yet. But I'm looking for Asuka to win the championship at Night of Champions with the Green Mist or not. But we shall see how this rolls. But if Bianca wins, it's not going to be a big surprise once again. But I also know that it's going to be, you know, one of those situations where uh, Bianca will overcome, beat her opponent down, one, two, three, walk away with the championship. So, I really want Asuka to be the champion. I really want her to be the one to win it, to take it, and to take Raw to a whole new level. That's what I want to see at this point. Or actually, wait a minute. Um, Actually, SmackDown, because Asuka is on uh, SmackDown, not Raw, and Bianca Belair is on SmackDown, not Raw. So, look for Asuka to win the championship over... Night of Champions by defeating Bianca Belair. Okay, let's see that this. Oh, okay. There's really no wasting time in this next matchup. It's for the Intercontinental Championship. Okay, Gunther to take on Mustafa Ali. We all know how this is gonna roll, but I think what will happen is I think Gunther is going to lead the charge. I think Gunther is going to place Mustafa Ali at a very high pedestal. Not too high. Just place him in a pedestal to where he can become a tremendous athlete. I don't think Mustafa Ali, and let's be honest, none of us believe that Mustafa Ali is going to beat Gunther in the ring. I don't believe that for shit. So what I think will happen is this. The match will last about a good 10 minutes. Mustafa Ali will try everything in his power to beat the Intercontinental Champion, but it's going to end up exactly what we've known Gunther to be all this time. He's going to hit hard. He's going to chop hard. He's going to do what he can. Hit one, move one, two, three. Still, the Intercontinental Champion, the Ring General. Gunther. You almost see that coming, I swear to God. (laughs) Okay, this next matchup right here is going to be an interesting one because you have the undisputed WWE. It's a triple main event, by the way, the first of three matches. So the tag team, the undisputed WWE tag team titles will be on the line. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn will take on Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. Okay. So, what will happen in this match is going to be what um, what I think will be. Um, it's <laughs> and uh, uh, let me let me kind of call it like I see it. Um, I think what will happen in this match with uh, the tag team champions, obviously, 
obviously we know there's a little bit of turmoil happening with the bloodline. We know that it's going to take a while for everything to get right in. And it's going to end up... The match is going to end up probably a bit... I would say 10, maybe 15 minutes. It's not going to be the main event, despite the fact that it's Roman Reigns being in there. I doubt we will see the tag team titles in the bloodline. But I also doubt it's going to be in around the waist of Roman Reigns. Because what I think will happen... Obviously, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going to walk away with those tag team titles. You know it's going to happen. But here's the question that comes to mind. Who's going to get pinned, Solo or Roman Reigns? Now, this will be interesting. If you pin Solo, okay. You pin Solo, you gain the tag team titles. It really doesn't mean anything. But if Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens, especially Sami Zayn, I think that that's what they need to do. If Sami Zayn were to beat Roman Reigns in the middle of the ring for the tag team titles... It will be extremely interesting to see how far this will go. So, obviously we know who the winners are. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to retain the tag team titles. And there will be some type of fiction, friction between the members of the bloodline. Who knows? It may be against the Usos or it may be against Solo Sokoa and Roman Reigns. Something is about to go down and it's not looking good either way possible. Now, we've heard rumors of a lot of stuff that's going to be happening with the Bloodline in the next few months. From Solo Sokoa and the Bloodline to take on the Usos. Or or Roman Reigns defending his undisputed championship against the members of his own family. That's a lot of the things that we've been hearing. But we will discuss that at another time because, you know, who knows? It, it may be true. It may not be true. But we'll see how it rolls. Now, the next matchup here is Cody Rhodes going one-on-one against Brock Lesnar. Now, I kept asking and I kept wondering, are we going to get a street fight? Are we just going to get a regular wrestling match like we did at Backlash? Now, at Backlash, it ended up Brock Lesnar losing to Cody Rhodes, right? And for the past couple of weeks, Cody has been cutting some interesting promos. Brock Lesnar has been being intimidating against whoever, against whenever. And then this past Monday night on Raw, Cody got injured at the hands of Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar came in, took one of those huge beer kegs, and damaged the arm of Cody Rhodes. Damaged the arm just like that, right? So, in this match, I mean, if it ends up I mean, you almost know. You almost know that Brock Lesnar will probably beat Cody at Night of Champions. Which I don't have a problem with. I mean, because it's going to end up... Because let's call it like we see it. It's going to end up eventually seeing Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. And it's probably going to be some sort of a stipulation match. Don't know if it's going to be a steel cage match. Don't know if it's going to be no disqualification, no count out. It could be anything at this point. But I'm going ahead of myself here. So, Cody versus Brock. Cody injured. 
This will be interesting. I'm, 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 pro I'm actually going to go for Brock Lesnar in this one. I'm actually going to because of where it's going. Because of where it's going. Because think about this. About a year ago, Cody Rhodes took on Seth Rollins one-on-one -on -one at Hell in a Cell, right? And he had a torn pack and everything, right? And Seth Rollins did lose to Cody Rhodes while Cody Rhodes had that torn pack, right? Was done, was over, was out the window. Now we're in almost a similar position, but Cody did not have a torn pack. He's got a sort of a torn arm, pretty much mangled, if you will. So what I think will happen is that Night of Champions, Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar, it's going to end up being Brock Lesnar winning. If Cody wins it, that would end the feud. That would end the feud like that, I guarantee you. But if Brock Lesnar beats Cody, the feud will continue and it will escalate until SummerSlam. But we shall see how this rolls. So in the meantime, the main event's going to go for Brock Lesnar to beat Cody Rhodes at United Champions. Okay, so we've talked about all these matches except for the one championship. That is the inaugural World Heavyweight Championship. And it's going to consist of the two finalists. Seth freaking Rollins to go one-on-one -on -one against AJ Styles. Now, this is going to be an interesting matchup, to say the least. Two men who are evenly matched. AJ Styles is practically the older of the two. Seth Rollins has held more championships, almost as almost as more championships as AJ Styles. Two phenomenal athletes. And no doubt this will be the main event for Night of Champions to crown a new World Heavyweight Champion. So I kind of look at this match as Undertaker taking on Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. Now, the reason why I compare that is when this match, not this match, but when this match between The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels took place at was about to take place at WrestleMania 25, I was torn. I was torn to go with AJ Styles or go with Shawn Michaels or go with The Undertaker. Now, interesting enough. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I just. Uh, something just appeared before me and everything, and I'm just looking into it right now. I'm sorry. I was just reading into. <laughs> I was just reading into something here. But we'll get back to it in a moment. But, anyways, um. Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. I was torn apart between the two because I couldn't decide if I wanted to go with Shawn Michaels or go with The Undertaker. Go with the streak or go with Mr. WrestleMania. Now, we know how it ended up. We know how everything ended up between the two. This one's a bit similar when you think about it. Now, 
the difference in the two is obviously you got two legends on one side and Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. While you got two future Hall of Famers and two men who are on their prime right now, the AJ Styles and Seth Rollins. Now, the reason why I'm torn apart between the two is I like both men. Okay? Huge fan of AJ Styles, huge fan of Seth Rollins. Neither one of these individuals have ever been the world heavyweight champion. So, this is interesting because if AJ Styles wins and becomes the world heavyweight champion, does that mean he stays on Raw and the OC remain over on SmackDown? It's kind of tough when you think about it. Seth Rollins, we know that he has some sort of a... uh, I guess a movie deal happening, right? From what I understand. But I think a lot of people's minds, I think he should be the world champion. I think it needs to happen. I think it needs to happen for what it is. So, who do I think should be the champion? <clears throat> this was real tough. This was real tough to look into. But the main event... Wow. It, it, <laughs> I admit that I, I can't really make a decision like this because... I could say AJ Styles. I could say Seth freaking Rollins. Tough. It's very tough. So let me, I'll conclude with this. It would be nice to see AJ Styles become the new world heavyweight champion, but he's a SmackDown guy, so we may end up seeing him over on SmackDown without the world heavyweight championship because I think it's going to end up going and set freaking Rollins' way. So I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's who we should go for. And I think that's what a lot of people want to see. Seth Rollins to become the new inaugural world heavyweight champion at Night of Champions. And that's all fixing to take place as this recording is happening. It's going to take place tomorrow tomorrow afternoon here in Corpus Christi, Texas. We're going to see it around the afternoon time, so the countdown show will start at 11 o'clock, and the entire event itself will happen at 12 noon. It will be a three-hour event, probably a little bit more, depending on how it rolls. And remember, we have seven matches that are happening for Night of Champions, and no doubt there'll probably be one more match for the United States Championship. And as I mentioned before, the United States Championship will probably be on the line. It's probably going to end up Sheamus going one-on-one against... um, I mean, I'm sorry, Austin Theory going one-on-one against Sheamus for the United States Championship. That could be added to the United Champions event. We don't know, but we will find out coming up this coming Saturday afternoon, not night, Saturday afternoon, live only on Peacock. Check out WWE Night of Champions on Saturday, May 27th in the afternoon time. It should be interesting to check out. Who will walk out with the new World Heavyweight Champion? Will it be Seth freaking Rollins or will it be the phenomenal AJ Styles? You'll just have to see Night of Champions 
to find out. But we can confirm now that Cody's arm is broken. So now as an executive who's in charge of the health and the well-being of our superstars, how can you justify allowing Cody Rhodes to go into a match tomorrow night against Brock Lesnar with a broken arm? Well, you're right. Cody does have a broken arm, obviously. Not the best situation in the world. Not, I don't know if it's the smartest decision in the world, but here's the thing. Brock Lesnar wants to fight. Cody Rhodes wants to fight. Do you want to see them fight? Then tomorrow, in this dome, they are going to fight.
questions in regards to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at themainevent1977 at gmail.com. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. And whatever question you have, the main event will be glad to put it right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. And it could be any question that you want to ask. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. One more time. The main event, 1977 at gmail.com, and you'll hear it right here on the Main Event Talk Podcast. Okay, so we're almost at the conclusion of this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. So we've covered everything about the whole thing with Under Siege. We've talked about Night of Champions. We've talked about several things that are going to be happening on the next episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. Uh, We've mentioned uh, the road to collision. You heard part one from that side. And on the next episode, which will be... Uh, I'm going to say tomorrow, but also probably be in the next couple of hours as soon as this episode is being released. You will hear my, my thoughts about the show Collision. My thoughts of CM Punk is really coming back and how this show will fare against Dynamite. And also you heard the press conference that took place. Yes, Cody's arm is broken and he is going to fight Brock Lesnar at Night of Champions in every way possible. That's how it's going to go. Now, you've heard several things about this episode. You've even heard something from the Wrestling Observer, right? Now it's time to hear from Jim Cornette himself. Now, as this episode's being released, uh, the, let's see, I believe it's Cornette's drive through episode 295 is supposed to be out already. Uh, he left the clip of YouTube on YouTube, you can go to the official Jim Cornette uh, YouTube channel to look for this clip. Now, this clip, I believe, has a lot to do with CM Punk's breaking news that apparently, you know, he may be a part of the show. He may not be a part of the show. We don't know, but we're hearing this from Jim Cornette himself. So I want you guys to get a taste and listen to it before we get into everything else like that. So let's get in to. You can find, let's see, the episode is entitled, uh, let's see, off the official Jim Cornette YouTube page. Uh, it is entitled Jim Cornette on CM Punk and AEW coming to a resolution. <clears throat> That's what you'll find on the YouTube channel. And if you want to listen to the Jim Cornette's drive through that episode should be out before this episode is out. So... Let's get into it right now. Jim Cornette's thoughts on CM Punk. Is he coming to Collision on June 17th? We'll find out. Here goes. Wait a minute. We got some news that's broken. I just saw. And the king of broken news, Uncle Dave. Oh, that wasn't what I saw. Well, I'm seeing that he's tweeting the belief is that CM Punk will debut on June 17th at the first Collision show in Chicago and that the issues have been settled. Unless things change, Chicago will be announced tonight. We're recording on Wednesday afternoon, folks, because of my toe out yesterday. Thanks, guys. We're going to be in Chicago. It's going to be great. And Dave continues, how the announcement of Punk's return will be handled is unknown. So that's the report that I'm seeing. What kind of report have you got? I was going to tell you, uh, I'll save it and we'll talk about it as a separate topic here. But what do you think about this? The idea that well, just just milk me then. Just 
How do you keep an idiot in suspense? I'll tell you tomorrow. Um, obviously, they've got something settled. Who knows what? But not even obviously, because yeah, these things have been obvious before and they don't happen. I'll believe it when I see it, as Mama Cornette used to say. I think there had to be some desperation with the collision ticket sales that we've talked about earlier and the fact that if they had to come out there at night and announce, my God, this this new network two-hour primetime television show that we've got supposed to be just the biggest thing you've ever seen is going to debut live from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida that nobody even knew existed until AEW did TV there in the pandemic. That's not exactly an NBA arena, United Center, Chicago, Illinois, etc. So their backs were up against the wall to make this thing succeed on a number of levels. But they still are, and for the reasons we've talked about early in the program, how much damage have they done to the reputation of their number one babyface, their number one attraction, their biggest name, babyface or heel, CM Punk? How much have they made some portion of their fan base not dislike him because he's a good guy or a bad guy, but because they've said he's a cancer? And he's a problem. So we'll see what happens. Should we, should we just take a break right now, Brian, you think? And since this news will be announced in a mere five or six hours and come back and finish this program in the morning with the fresh announcements? Well, let me ask you just a couple of things before we take a little break here. I like that idea. Do you have CM Punk in Vegas? They're in Vegas tonight. They're in Vegas. I don't I don't know if it's a live Rampage uh, or not, but usually they do a live one before the pay-per-view. And then, of course, for the pay-per-view, they're in Vegas. Do you have Punk make an appearance? Or do you try to just sell the show? And not just the show in Chicago, but at this point, because of the ticket sales that we talked about earlier, the show off the name CM Punk, does he need to make an appearance? Well, since I'm pulling this all completely out of my ass as I've just heard this and read this tweet and blah, blah, blah. What about if they announced that the debut of Collision would be in the United Center in Chicago on, on June 17th, but didn't say anything about CM Punk? And what if then later on in the program possibly even while there's a fucking match taking place or b b coming out of a commercial break and the announcers are is something that's there's already something going on and suddenly his music hits and out he comes and everybody stops and stares slack jawed and he grabs the microphone and if there is a match going on they just say fuck it we want to hear this too or whatever the vtr they cut it or the announcer pitch they stop it and he says, did you really think you're going to go back to Chicago without me? And he proceeds to tell whatever the story is that he's going to fucking tell when he does come back. I don't know. There's going to be a large portion of the audience that is going to be ecstatic to see him back. And there's going to be a significant portion of the audience that are in the camp of the buckaroos and the video game characters 
they're going to hate seeing him back. He's going to be at the same time the hottest baby face and the most hated heel to vera to one side or the other in the company and it's going to overshadow everything else so they've either got to play along with it and give the people the explanation for it that they want that they can make the best use out of or they're going to ignore it and it's going to because of legal or whatever and it's going to be a continuing distraction that nobody can get any business done around Punk is the best wordsmith they've got when it comes to telling a shoot story, working and shooting at the same time, and where does one end and the other begins. And I would think that they would be able to agree on something that he could say where he could both defend himself against some of his naysayers, announce that he was back to go back to where he was before, which is the AEW world champion, and at the same time, do some, you know, immediate at a triage or repair work on all the damage that's been done to the company's credibility by coming out and, and talking like a shoot. Yeah, me and some people in the fucking locker room don't like each other. To the point where we've gotten in fucking physical fights. Because it's a physical business. Now I'm going to do my thing just like I always do. And everybody else can do theirs. And we'll see which one you like better. Well, we'll and, oh, go ahead. Well, hold on. On the pay-per-view, they haven't advertised him. If they advertise him on Thursday for ticket sales, I guess some last-minute ticket sales, but I would go ahead and I would see, because Tony's got some money to play with, he's not desperate, I would see what the fuck, it, with knowledge that maybe in CM Punk will not be at the pay-per-view. I don't know if I'd go that far, but don't tell him, don't tell him he is. And see if there's any last-minute jump into this thing like a bunch of last-minute buys or a bunch of last-minute tickets sold, and then decide whether to have him show up based on if there is, maybe you've got to have him do something. And if there isn't, well, he wasn't advertised, and they took you at your word. But at least you would know that just the mere tease of him might have created a little oomph. But I think it's too late to advertise him to mean anything, Unless, you know, so maybe would it be better that he came out after MJF finishes with the other three pillows and may, they had some kind of confrontation to tell people that Punk is back in the title hunt and that was unannounced, but people that, wow, we got a bonus on this lackluster pay-per-view. Maybe in the future we might buy some more of them that don't look too good on paper because a big star might come out unannounced. Who knows? But there, it's late to shoehorn him into anything meaningful three days away. But they could at least kick Collision off in a better, uh, a better fashion, and hopefully do some damage control on the mess they've already made in their own bed. That's my opinion. Well, you heard the comments from Jim Cornette. His thoughts on CM Punk's return. 
Uh, I know there's a little bit more to the story than meets the eye right there as far as CM Punk goes or as far as what Jim Cornette is saying. But we'll we'll probably play some more of that. And as a matter of fact, we'll probably pay, play more of that for you tomorrow or on the next episode of the Mavit Talk podcast, which... Well, it's as I'm recording this, um, <clears throat> it's only a few hours away until we do the next episode right now. I just wanted to go ahead and get this one finished off right now. So for as of right now, this episode is officially done for now. We've already talked about Under Siege. We've already talked about Night of Champions. Now, as I'm recording this episode, Under Siege is already over and it's already done. And in the next few hours around the afternoon time, Night of Champions is supposed to take place. It's going to be around the afternoon time. So if you guys want to check it out, uh, the countdown show will probably start about 11 p.m. over here in Corpus Christi. And the entire show itself will probably start at 12 noon. So that will give me a good opportunity to go ahead and check it out. Now, I will not do when part two comes around. I mean, all I'm going to do is talk about... NXT Battleground and Double or Nothing. I'm not going to give you the results of any of the matches as they take place. We're going to save that for next week on the Main Event Talk podcast, the aftermath of of Memorial Day Wrestling Weekend as it goes on. So, guys, we are done with this portion of the episode of the Main Event Talk podcast, but don't forget, part two is coming on Memorial Day Wrestling Weekend. We're going to talk about NXT Battleground. We're also going to talk about Double or Nothing. And we'll get into more of the return of CM Punk. Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Plus, I will give you part two of my in-depth analysis of the road to collision. Will it be a good show? Will CM Punk be there? Who's going to be involved? What's going to take place? And will this show be a whole lot better than Dynamite? I got to tell you... It's sounding pretty good so far, and Memorial Day weekend is happening. Uh, We've got a lot of wrestling that's going to happen on Memorial Day weekend, and I cannot wait. So, guys, part one is officially over. It's done. But part two will be coming later on when this episode, you know, you're hearing this episode right now. It's done. It's over. But later on, part two of Memorial Day Wrestling Weekend. We'll kick things off. We'll talk about NXT Battleground. We'll talk about Double or Nothing. And we'll talk about anything else that you you know, you could possibly imagine. And obviously, we're going to be mentioning some wrestling news and anything else like that. So with that being said, part one is done. And we're getting set for part two. So guys, get ready. Thank you for listening to this episode. And be ready for part two of the Main Event Talk Podcast Memorial Day Wrestling Weekend. We've only just begun. Champion. Here we are, we are the champions. 
Yeah. 